We're rolling. We're rolling. Hello, good people. Hello. Hello, fam. Hello, family. We're greeting you post-fight. Post-fight. <laughs> post-fight. Post-disagreement. Post-disagreement, yeah. Probably post-fight for us because this is that's probably as intense as we get. Uh, I mean, maybe. Um, it's just interesting because when we when we get into it, we don't we don't cuss at each other. No. We don't call each other names um, or try and dig through like, you know, what three years worth of irrelevant details, irrelevant details <laughs> to try and like build build it and make a point yeah to make a point yeah. you know which is basically trying to belittle the other to get to the outcome right. of winning you, you can't but and so to me like you know fight takes on that maybe that i think that's why i think sometimes disagreement because i do think a fight is when you're just trying to trying to win trying to win and hurt oh i see okay. the other person it just it's an epiphany honestly okay but to me when i think fight yeah it's to hurt the other person and it's easy to do that when you're in a when two people are in a fight but mm-hmm. we don't engage in that energy with each other when we disagree we just disagree mm-hmm. but we don't fight each other to fight each other you don't need to have a, you don't need to you don't need a central argument anymore to have a fight <laughs> you just need a space two fist words whatever whatever the tools are and away you go and so i think i think yeah i was just thinking about it i don't mean to segue here but yeah i, I think i see it more as actual disagreement you know because in my previous marriage i had fights mm. and these don't these don't constitute that. constitute that you know <laughs> okay um these are mature and you know we give each other space to say what we feel what mm-hmm. we think we do space to disagree space to be curious like a proper a proper debate and usually in the end the goal is, is to turn the disagreement into understanding Yes. That's really the goal, which is how we get there. If you just disagree to disagree, yes, you become a fight because you don't go anywhere and you're just in a cage match at that point. But yeah. 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 I think part of what you said is is great and a great premise to kind of kick off our conversation with here, which is we assume that every time we disagree – on anything substantive, not like small things for which we usually find resolution like immediately, Mm -hmm. but for bigger things, we always assume it's just that we are being misunderstood or that we are misunderstanding each other. Yeah. And that's, that's the bottom line. And so you're right. Every time we work through it, we're working through, to get to a point of understanding yeah. each other and understanding even if we're not a hundred percent on the same page at the end of the conversation, understanding the missing context that's going to be needed for yeah. us to get there and be yeah. there together. Even if that is not going to happen immediately, but would happen over time. It's like when you're building a puzzle and you get to that one puzzle uh, they get that one spot to where you know you're missing the piece. Yes. You can kind of s- skip it and continue to build around it. And then at some point you find it under the rug or you find it under the sofa or whatever. And then you're like, okay, 
now I see. Um, but that's kind of what it kind of it kind of does sometimes. We don't have that piece. We'll continue to build the rest of the puzzle. Like, oh, there it is. Oh, that's what that picture that's was, what that or, was. That's what that was. And then we're like, okay. And then we're looking at the same thing now. We have the same vision because it's right there in front of us visually. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. I think the missing piece for me in this particular disagreement was probably two two things. Actually, so two missing pieces, if you will. Mm. One was my approach to you that kind of caused the disagreement or the severity of the disagreement in the first place, which was coming to you from a place of trying to manage you Mm. as opposed to speaking from a space Mm. of my own internal discomfort with whatever you said. That's really good, actually. So, so that, 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 that resonates with the feeling I was feeling. Yeah. I didn't have words for it yeah. in some ways, but that, that actually resonates a little bit. That makes sense. I think that was huh. one missing piece for me. Huh. Um, and, and as an extrovert, as an extroverted person, mm. it is stronger. Our, carry, our words carry more weight when we mm. talk from our own experience. Yeah. Um, the most successful extroverts ever are successful because they're not trying to manipulate and manage all that's around them. They're managing and manipulating themselves so that Mm. they can rise to the occasion of the greatness that they dream for themselves within. And then they're always ready, always prepared to meet the moment that that is coming for them because they know that they're destined for greatness. So, uh, so that was one missing piece is, is speaking from my own experience and my own feelings as opposed to trying to manage how you were acting and the second piece of missing context that i had in our discussion was the expectation that you because i look at you as my same my twin flame my peer my co everything that i would expect you to handle situations and the argument was about dealing with um, mem- different members of the public. I would expect you to handle that and talk both privately and publicly in the same manner that I would. Hmm. And that's not appropriate an appropriate expectation because you're a different person than me. You're wired differently than me. You're not the same gender as me. <laughs> like yeah. we, we have a lot of things in common about how we think and yeah. what we value, but how we are is very different. It's like my approach is a lot in the weeds and sometimes in the weeds, there's a myriad of things you have to be paying attention to, to maintain balance. And sometimes from a high level, I guess it doesn't always look like it's balanced, but when you're, when you have the the six opportunities, they are, they become balanced, but sometimes those different opportunities don't even align with the one next to it, but they're all holding each other up in some kind of way of harmony, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. So so you've heard the term, right? Um, or the the colloquialism, right? Folks say used to say in like the nineties and eighties, right, when they were raising kids, you need to finish what's on your plate because mm. there are starving children in Africa. You know. Mm. Besides the point of a lot of people, even black people, talking about Africa as one country, which it yeah. is not. It's a continent. It's an entire continent of many, many countries, but it's a but, continent. <laughs> Beside that being like factually inaccurate, right? Like um, 
it kind of helps illustrate what people call first world problems or what people call rich people problems, right? Which is like, if your problem is that you don't want to finish the abundance of food that you have access to, then that says a lot about your life. And I think that in our discussion, I realized that some of my perspective, because it is high level pretty much all the time, is um, some of my perspective is skewed. Where, yeah, I think that if you dead name a trans person, so by calling them the name that they were assigned at birth, even if they've changed their name in, a, in alignment with the gender they identify as, I think that is equivalent to wishing them death. I think that is on par with um, like an, a hatred act or, or a violent act. I think that is the same thing. But for you, you see actual violence. Like you you witness actual violence. You yeah. you understand actual violence as in physical violence, right? As yeah. opposed to just weaponizing words. But to yeah. me, there is no more important thing than I mean, that would how, be you know, your words and to how it expresses. So I I was putting my own template for weight of understanding of like severity mm-hmm. of impact and things onto onto you and, I mean, and that was inappropriate. I mean in me. some cases too one thing can lead to another disrespect of a name can lead to uh, a value that leads to violence as well. That's true. Which generally for me I think if someone says their name is something then you just go with it. That to me that's just a respectful thing to do. Right. Um, at least when you are talking to that individual for sure 1000% um, if you have some agenda where you have a problem with them behind the scenes, you better keep that behind the scenes Mm -hmm. because you come out into a society that I built. Everyone's going to hold you accountable to respecting people face to face because you can't always manage people's internal status. And sometimes people's internal status because they're hateful of themselves. And that's something that there are limits to the reach of, of what people feel is what should be valued. Mm-hmm. Um, because people's internal states can be neither here nor there sometimes. All over the place. It's, we only can manage what comes to the surface. That's but true. naming conventions is something that is easily measurable. Right. And our argument was not about this topic. We're no. using this as an example. Yeah. But um, I think those were the two main missing pieces for me was mm-hmm. not speaking from my own internal point of reference of my own experience mm-hmm. and expecting the... Um, you to behave exactly like I would in a given situation, which is inappropriate Mm. because you're a completely different person than me. And so Mm. it requires me to approach you with space and grace and, um, you know, just a general allowance of difference that I, I didn't do. And for that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. No, it's cool. Um, I wasn't, I am, I was no longer offended. And so it's, it's cool. The fact that we came to understanding was really the apology and action for, for both of us. Uh, yeah, it was of, uh, getting to a space where we understood where we both were coming from and then finding that middle ground. What were the missing pieces for you? Do you think, uh, the missing, then were illuminated over the course of I mean, of the, the missing pieces for me is trying to more quickly come to an understanding of, of trying to help me communicate in a way to explain that I don't understand 
Mm. You know, um, because you got there really well when you're like, I can only have, uh, I can only surround myself with particular types of inputs. And that's something that I have actually coached and tried to, to, to help, um, I guess, uh, impart value into you about, you know, when you're having to show up in the world. But to me, it's like, oh, I have to, I have to actually in this, in that, from that lens. Yeah. Like I have to make sure I'm also, um, adhering to that as well. Cause I believe what I say, um, in that kind of sense. And so it was like, oh yeah, I want to also support you in that way. And it, when I really came to that conclusion, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, that's why it's bothering you. I didn't know why it was bothering you. And so until I got to that point of knowing why, then I was easily ready to be like, okay, this is how I can support. But when I didn't know, it's like, I'm, I'm hearing, I need to jump, but I'm like, why am I jumping? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I going through this? And usually for me, resistance isn't because, uh, it's not necessarily, and they'll probably seem like it's not always because, yeah, I'm, uh, just want to be right. Mm-hmm. I just want to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think sometimes, and I found this helpful just in general, uh, and dealing with the populace, um, sometimes it's not about always, um, yeah, trying to jump first and explaining what you feel. But sometimes it's also about trying to understand, building a better understanding for me to understand why you're upset. Because if I knew that, then yeah, it would have been really easy to be like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. And like, it really just shortens the whole, the whole context of everything because that's the one piece of context that is easy for me to just be like, oh, this is how I need to support you because it's also something that I'm also encouraging you in. Like these are the same. Right. And then it makes sense. And I don't think I actually was able to, I wasn't able to draw the line between the two yet. But when I drew, drew parallels that I'm like, oh, this also pertains to the things that I'm also trying to, um, so to explain to you to support yourself in, but I can also support you as well in that way as well. And right. so like, that, you're not going to tell me, Hey, keep these boundaries so that, bums aren't gonna keep are gonna are gonna be comfortable around you make sure that you're keeping high boundaries so that yeah the people around you have to work to to stay in your circle exactly and then you're gonna be like oh yeah but i can act like a bum no exactly. you're, you're gonna be you know elevate yourself to be yeah. able to also be stay in the circle too yeah and so so yeah once i came to that conclusion i was like oh and so for me it's helpful context just to be like oh yeah so so that's really the biggest thing instead of really because I think in part of that, too, I was like playing the card of trying to get you to gather on me to understand why I what I believed. Mm-hmm. And but sometimes it's also still important for me to keep in mind and be like, let me make sure I understand entirely what's going on with her. Because I recognize you were bothered, but like I could have spent more time trying to understand that versus just going ahead and taking the defense and be like, well, I'm just going to stand on my side of the river <laughs> until you figure out how you're going to get over here yeah, and then we'll have this conversation. Sometimes if I have the strength to swim over, then I need to swim over. And then sometimes if no one has the strength to swim over, then that's okay. You can just stay on either side until one's ready to, it gets the bandwidth to swim over to go ahead and figure out what the other person's feeling, which is how we generally operate most of the time. And most of the time we just meet each other in the middle and we just go down the river together. <laughs> yeah. This was one of more, one of our more robust conversations where I think it lasted like what, 40 minutes or something like yeah, that for us about, to move through it. It was about maybe an hour actually. Maybe in about an hour. We were talking throughout it for we an were. hour. We took a little, a little pause, but then like, you know, I was trolling, like trying to hug you and stuff, but 
<laughs> but <laughs> it's one thing I do not like being touched. It's how I it's how I get a pulse <laughs> when I am. I'm like, I'm like she's being mad in the midst of conflict. I'm like she's being mad. I can't I can't even get within like three feet. So. <laughs> it's like, but that's no. that's when I was really adamant. Like I really like to resolve this because um, I don't. I for me personally, I don't value. Um, uh, unspoken rage or anger yeah uh and like you know and and you you're the same way like we like to we feel i mean you came in you're like hey let's let's talk i'm like all right cool like let's get let's do this and because it's the communication that opens the doors to understanding and if yes. you're never doing that we're just left with our own ideas without actually like getting a real a real pulse on what's actually going on and i think it's undervalued in society as a whole where people don't do that. We just rather stick with our, our own ideas on what we think, what we think it is. But like, how can we think something when we don't even really know because we're not talking to the person we should be verifying what we think, right? Yes. Oh, and I think most often people like to pretend that things are fine and then they compartmentalize yeah. the things that are undesirable. So they're like, yeah. oh, well, we just, it was just that one time we talked about this topic. So we'll just evade that topic for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And then they hinder their ability to grow and learn and develop beyond the limitations they've put up in their minds of, about how they can connect with these people that they so claim to care about. It's like, if you really cared about somebody, you would be your whole full authentic self. And you would help, you would be vulnerable enough to have that other person help rebuild your self-concept into a person who's a better friend, a better parent, a better sibling, a better coworker, whomever, whatever um, your role is or whatever your relationship is. But too many people are so afraid of being seen for maybe not not being as together as they thought they were or not not having everything yeah. figured out and so they don't want to look stupid Fear what they reprisal. think is stupid but really what is brave and vulnerable yeah and then they limit their own growth and then later on they always end up looking really crazy and really stupid anyway because they never took the time to grow yeah vulnerability is is undervalued i feel in society because you know in a group of people, it's always that one person. Most people are actually most worried about and most revere the most that person that's not afraid to actually say how they're feeling mm -hmm. um, and and actually show up in the world, which is why we like following certain people on YouTube or listen to certain podcasts because people actually will take the time to talk about their vulnerabilities. But at the same time, they can do that because they feel confident and strong and those are people that it's great the role to have as role models yes um but at the same time yeah it's um important that we practice that with ourselves because yeah but the thing is it's not praised to be vulnerable it's not um and a lot of times you can lose friends and family members or you know people want to misunderstand you and yeah, sometimes being vulnerable can be a, a lonely walk in the sense of who you have around you, but you just sometimes got to find your tribe too. But anyway, well, we could talk about that in a yeah, whole other episode. That's a whole but, smorgasbord. But but yes, you're you're right. You know, being vulnerable seems to only be confined to like to confined for acceptability in close friendships or a domestic partnership. 
Yeah. And that's it. Those yeah. are the only places it's acceptable to be vulnerable. And then what happens is in every other area of one's life, if you only are vulnerable in those places, you become stagnant and mm. you become stuck and you don't go for that promotion. You don't decide to try to, to do a new hobby. You don't decide to let your kid teach you about something that is the, the latest TikTok dance. Like Tabitha Brown is is super hype famous right now, not just because her one video about the TTLA sandwich from Whole Foods went viral, but because she let her daughter Choice talk her into doing some kind of dance challenge on TikTok and the kids were out here loving her. And she started, and all her stuff started to take off insanely over the pandemic. And so what seemed like it was maybe like a tough situation to stay home and all that other stuff ended up being the very thing that launched her into like superstardom. And I would probably say, you know, even in partnership, uh, you said domestic partnership and very close friendship, very close friendship. I think, I think it's also important to have a place where you practice vulnerability because sometimes in those kind of scenarios, you're not given space to practice vulnerability. Ooh, you know, and that's a word for somebody listening. Yeah. And like, it's also a word for me. And for me, I think, I think for me, it started as a child. I never learned what it was to practice vulnerability. Is it um, because you never saw it modeled? I never saw it modeled, but like, you know, looking at my parents, they came from backgrounds where they were not allowed to practice vulnerability. vulnerability. Ooh. And so it's generational sometimes. You got to break those generational curses. Yeah. And it's, it's important to recognize that because once you learn that it is about, yes, where can you practice vulnerability? And that's, um, and that's an important piece. And I think it really starts with ourselves, which all it looks like is, is being honest with ourselves about what we're actually going through and how we feel about what's going on in our lives. And then when you're able to do that with yourself, you will actually feel comfortable and safe to recognize people who will allow you to operate in that way outside of yourself. But you can't, you can't manifest anything outside of you that you're not actually practicing. Yes. You can't understand um, how to show up, you know, if you're not showing up for yourself first, it's, it's important that you have to practice and become routinized and getting good at the things that you you want to be but in this case of vulnerability yeah you have to practice being honest with yourself and vulnerable with yourself and sometimes it's saying yeah i messed up and yeah that hurt and yeah i i i don't want to do that again and i want to do better the next time and having that conversation and saying yeah it's okay we'll we'll get it you know i've been through that um you know realizing that you know i've had friendships uh, work friendships. I've had, you know, family, you know, sometimes you feel like I, Oh, I duped myself. Mm. How could I let that happen? Mm. You know, uh, how could I let my guard down? Really? And like, you're going to do it again. No, you're not. I'm not going to do it again. I'm, I, I now get it. I see it. I'm not going to repeat it, but what if I do? It's okay. Just take it one day at a time. You know, let's just, let's go over what happened so we can prep for what's next. And, you know, that's the kind of conversation that, you know, I kind of have in my head when I was trying to get through a lot of that. I had to ask myself and I had to also, you know, hear my doubts and then play down my doubts mm-hmm. to being successful. Because mm-hmm. we're our biggest critic. Mm-hmm. We, we really are. are. Mm-hmm. I know for me, working through vulnerability started with a question. 
started with questioning everybody who wanted in on my life, who wanted in on my accomplishments, mm-hmm. who wanted in on bragging rights mm-hmm. about those accomplishments, who wanted in on any p- portion of my um, kindness or generosity and questioning their motives about why they wanted wanted that mm-hmm. or, and why I thought interacting with them was a good idea. And what I realized was I had set myself up to play a role in other people's lives that made it so that I couldn't be vulnerable because I noticed when I started becoming more vulnerable with myself, I actually started practicing that by doing physical care. It wasn't a conversation at first for me. It wasn't actually communication with other people at first for me. It was actually physical. I said, you know what? I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to, I'm going to get one less bag of chips this week. (laughs) I'm actually going to get really good sleep tonight. I'm actually going to take myself on a walk because I'm I'm angry about something at work and I don't know how to solve it and I'm really, really upset and I don't want to eat over it and I don't want to drink over it. So I'm going to just take a brief walk. I'm angry about something that's happening in my family and nobody that I want to talk to in my family seems to understand or take it as seriously as I'm taking it. And so I'm going to do- go and I, I expressed vulnerability with myself by giving myself permission to physically separate myself, Mm -hmm. physically take better care of myself, steward my body in ways that I was not seeing um, displayed around me uh, by friends or family. And so when I started to do that, I started to get some space and some clarity. I started to question, why am I valuing the company of people who don't have practices of their own to be vulnerable? Yeah. Why am I valuing the company of people and the praise of people who don't take it seriously when I need to do things to express my vulnerability, who and, dismiss it and say, oh, well, you can go to the gym another night. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you really need to be here with your grandmother because of this and that. She doesn't remember anything. She's yeah. she's going to be cool. Like, I'll get to see her like another day. It's fine. Yeah, sometimes it manifests in forms of what we call gaslighting or people get defensive yes. or people yes. act like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. What do you mean? I never said that. Or you you just should do this. Or, you know, beating around the whole point altogether, right? Um, that's usually a sign so that the people you're around are avoiding vulnerability because what you're talking about might require both of you to go there because you cannot relate yes. to someone who's trying to be vulnerable truly if, relate truly relate if they don't want to be vulnerable with you and you yeah. feel that resistance when you really want to talk about that topic or that situation or that issue and you you already feel that tug that says I don't know they're going to receive this well mm-hmm. right there's your sign this person you're about to talk to doesn't want to be vulnerable and if that's the case you got to rethink your plan mm-hmm. clearly this person is unable to meet you where you are and then you have to decide what to do about that yeah So if we were to kind of put a bow on all of this, Mm -hmm. I would challenge everybody listening to think about what the missing pieces are in their lives, where the opportunities are for them to show up vulnerably, and where the opportunities are for them to get more context or to be patient, to wait for additional information to roll in. And in the meantime, while you're waiting, to challenge yourself to be, be vulnerable, to challenge yourself to 
communicate better with yourself even voice memo journal mm-hmm. you know do podcasts i don't know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, um talk to somebody you do trust about vulnerability yeah. um carve out those spaces for yourself you know your journey to vulnerability also had to do a lot with fitness and and physical putting physical distance and space between yes. you and people who were refusing to be vulnerable absolutely with you in, in your life and so you know, maybe it looks like distance right now, but however it looks, we're encouraging you to relate to yourself and relate to others who truly value you and value the best version of you. Yep. Because we do that for each other all the time. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. Me too. Me too. Well, until next time, thank you for listening. Take it easy. Bye.